This is the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here. Today, we kick off our new series, Thankful and Grateful, where Pastor CJ talks to us about building our relationship with God by thanking Him and being grateful for what He has done and is doing in our lives. Thanksgiving is a key to breakthrough. Do you need a breakthrough in your life today? We hope you enjoy this message. Take your sermon notes out. Let's jump into the Word this morning. When I go and do leadership, I love doing leadership, but one of the things about leadership is this. They always say the key to understanding and learning things in leadership is paying key or being aware of some things or phrases or words that the speaker is saying. So if the speaker says a certain word and he says it many times, he says it for a reason. And the reason why he says it, he wants you to get it in your knower. Or he says a certain phrase, and the reason why he says it, he wants you to get it in your spirit. He says certain words, certain phrases throughout his comments or throughout his speech or throughout his delivery of his message. He says certain words, certain phrases, certain things to get it in your knower so that it sticks with you. Throughout the Word of God, God speaks of many different words. Does anybody need sermon notes? I know we ran out of bulletins and all that kind of stuff. If you need sermon notes, you have some to pass out. And he says certain different things. The Bible says in Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. In other words, what he's saying, he's reminding us not just once, but but he's reminding us twice to rejoice, to make that a habit or a lifestyle to rejoice. But throughout the Word of God, if you have your notes, it talks about thanks, thanksgiving, thank, thankful, thanked, thanksgiving, thankfulness. And if you total that up, it's 139 times throughout the Word of God. He's talking about being thankful, being thankful, thanksgiving. He's talking about uh, thanksgiving or thankfulness. He's making that aware that that should be in our spirit, that that is a focal point of our lives, that we should learn to be thankful, not just now, hear me now, not just just during Thanksgiving when we're supposed to be thankful, but every day of our life, that thankfulness should be out of a, an overflow of out of the gratitude and the things that God is doing in our life. I don't know about you, but how many of you remember the time when we were growing up in church when I when I first became a Christian? I remember this, and maybe you remember this, and I'm dating myself. How many remember the song? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings name them one by one count your many blessings see what God has done how many remember that amen and I remember when they did that the thing was they would sing that song and little kids would come up and get toys from the pastor how many of you know what I'm talking about I used to do it every Sunday Hallelujah. I liked it because I loved the toys right and I was counting my blessings hey pastor I'm thankful I'm thankful but the point of it was it was to get the point out was that being thankful with the little or the much that you have making thankfulness or thankful being a gratitude or attitude a lifestyle of your life that thank Thankfulness, I have an attitude of gratitude in my life every day. That I don't take for granted those things that are in my life. That I'm thankful for the little things as well as the big things. David says in Psalms 95, verses 1 through 2, and David, as you know, he is thankful, number one, that God redeemed him. God set him free, you know, his, his fall and all these things. But David learned the secret of being thankful. And he says this, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. 
How many know that, that when you sing music or praise God, why do we always open the service up with praise and worship? It's to set the atmosphere or the tone for God's presence to come. You see, your attitude determines the altitude of how far you're going to go with God. Your attitude stirs up the atmosphere for God to move. So your attitude sets the atmosphere for God. So if you come in and you're all hard and hard and you're mad and you've got your fist clenched, guess what you're going to get? Nothing. Try to pour water on a rock. It's going to run off. But try to pour water on a sponge. It'll be receptive and receive. You see, why do we open up with praise and worship? To get your focus off on the garbage and the mess that you go through in life, the hardships and the struggles that you go through the Mondays through Friday and all the ups and downs that you have at your job and kids going to school and the busyness of life, hopefully you can come to church and have an attitude of gratitude and thank God and get your attention off your mess and get your attention on him and he can change your mess and give you a message. Amen? So that's what it's all about. So David said, let us come and sing for joy to the Lord. And you don't stop there. Let us shout aloud to the rock of my salvation, the hope of my life, the rock of my, my being, my, my substance of all who he is. Let, let me shout. I don't know about you, but, man, when you get a gift that you really like, do you just keep it in? Don't you just shout it out? Man, you tell everybody about what you got. When a girl gets engaged, man, she's showing everybody her ring. Man, look what I got. Right? Because they get excited. That's the same way. When you accepted Jesus Christ, you accepted the greatest gift that mankind could possibly receive, the gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation, that we got something to get excited about. How many can say amen to that? So when you come into church, man, I want to shout it out. God set me free. Yay. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get up and get black in here in a minute. Yay, yay, yay. You don't know none of that. Amen. You know, you don't know none of that. I remember when Sister Tamarine, when I used to go to the, that church in St. Paul, she'd be like, yeah, Before you know it, man, everybody was, yeah, Boy, remember back in the day in the 80s when all those ladies used to wear those beehive heads? Remember that? Well, all the hair would be sticking up like that. Time the Sister Tamarine was going like that, those beehives were going all over the place. <laughs> man, they needed some more hairspray or something. I don't know. But there's a reason to shout. There's a reason to get excited about what God has done in our lives, right? So he says, watch this. He says, let us come before him with thanksgiving. Now, get this. Why do you come and you're joyful? What it does, it refocuses your attention. Now, you got to get this. When you come with an attitude of gratitude and joyful, what it does, it gets your eyes off your problems and gets your mind focused on him that what it does, then it allows you to be thankful. Because what does problems do? Circumstances say no. Promises say yes. So when you start praising God, the promises of God come to, up and they surface and they begin to manifest inside of you. All of a sudden, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you that, Lord, you set me free. Thank you, God, that I have life. Thank you, God, that I'm forgiven. Thank you, God, that I have a roof over my head. And all of a sudden, your circumstances that say no turn into the promises that say yes. I know I can. I know I can. Instead of I think I can, I think I can, I know I can. Why? Because I've changed my focus. I've taken my focus off the mountains, and I've put my focus on the mountain mover by giving him thanks. And every time, now get this, when you give God thanks, I want you to hear this, when you give Give God thanks, it bends his ear. God inhabits the praises of his people. 
right? So when I learn to praise him and when I learn to thank him, guess what you're doing? You're bending God's ear because he hears his people praising him. He hears his people thanking him. He hears his people that are showing gratitude towards what he's doing in their lives. You see, if you can't be thankful with a little, he can't give you much. But then he goes on to say, he said, thanksgiving and extor him with music and song. Then he says in Psalms 100, verses 2 through 5, he says these words, Worship the Lord once again with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. You see the theme here? What are the, when you're listening to leadership, listen to the key words, listen to the phrases. What's the key words here? Joyful, gladness. Right? With shouts of joy, it sets the atmosphere for you to receive. I always say this, you have to position yourself to receive. How do you position yourself to receive? I come with an attitude of gratitude, a joyful heart, because joyful heart is like medicine that brings healing to my brokenness of my heart. So I come in to worship God, and I set the tone of worship by a joyful heart. Right? Now he goes on to say, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Can you imagine? I love when he calls the sheep. My sheep know my voice, and they follow after me. God is the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Psalms 23, right? Isn't that a comforting thing that we are his sheep, and he's our shepherd. He's going to take care of us. Isn't that something to be thankful for? Isn't that something to be rejoicing about, right? But then he goes on saying, enter his gates with thanksgiving. You know what his gates are? People want to think about the physical gates like you see in Hollywood when you drive into somebody's million-dollar mansions and you got to go through the gate. No. His gates are when you come through those doors. This is his church. This is his dwelling place. That when I enter his gates, come through the thresholds of those doors, I'm coming with what? Thanksgiving. I'm coming to get mine. I'm a pit bull on a bone, and I'm not letting anybody take what God has for me. I'm coming with an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving in my heart. And he says this, and his courts with praise. Now watch this. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. Everybody say good. Can I ask you a question? Why is it that when bad things happen in your life, the first thing you want to do is take it out on God? When he makes it very clear right there that God is what? Good. What is the opposite of good? Bad. Nowadays, if you walk in the hood, where I came from, is you know, hey, the word bad is good. So I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes, Scott, I get confused. Are you saying bad, like bad, bad? Or are you saying good, like good, good? So I always have to paraphrase what they're saying. Are you saying bad? Hey, that's bad. You, like Michael Jackson, you know I'm bad. Not that. Yeah, you know that. But he says this. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Now watch this phrase. I love this. This is Lamentations chapter 3. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. In other words, he is faithful. God didn't say how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it, but he said he will do it. He's never too late or he's never too early. He's always on time. He's always faithful. How many can remember how God was faithful to you in times when you thought he wasn't? God is always faithful. But also God's not only faithful, but he knows what you need and what you don't need. How many know what I'm talking about? Aren't you glad that you're not like Garth Brooks? Garth Brooks, I thank God for unanswered prayer. Can you imagine if all those prayers that we got answered would have been really answered? Think about that. All the silly prayers that we prayed and need it. 
But God knows what's best, and he knows what's best for your life. And the hardest thing is we as parents, let me ask you a question. You know what the hardest thing is, as we as parents have, Lisa, saying no to our kids? How many can relate to what I'm saying? Somebody's sitting there saying, no, that ain't me. I'm cracking a whip. <laughs> Raw high. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's sometimes the hardest thing that we have to say no to. And then when we say no to our kids, guess what they do to us? I hate you, Mom. I hate you, Dad. I'm mad at you. I'm going to slam the door to my room. And we feel that emotion. But doesn't that sometimes what we do with God? When we sometimes don't get what we want, what do we do? We get mad at God, and we want to, God, I don't like you. Where are you when I need you? But what does the word say? He is good. And not only is he good, but he knows what's best for you. And he knows what to bless you with and what not to. The Bible says, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who love him? Right? Think about that. It says, his faithfulness endures forever. It was not enough just to praise God, but also to thank him. That David says, it's not just enough to praise him, but I want to thank you, God. I want to bend your ear and let you know how I appreciate what you're doing. When we thank him, it shows how much we appreciate what he has done. You know, that counseling is 90% listening and 10% speaking. That's what counseling is. So here you are paying somebody $175 an hour to listen to you for 90% of the time. 10% of the time, they're just interjecting. That's all they're doing. They're interjecting maybe something that maybe that you, they're spinning off from what you're saying. But you know what? A lot of times when you're in a counseling, here's a, sometimes a theme. And, Pastor, you probably hear this all the time. Here's the theme of what sometimes you hear in counseling. You know what the theme is? My husband or my wife don't appreciate what I do for them. And that's why a lot of times marriages are in the way that they are because they feel not honored, like men don't feel honored or wives don't feel appreciated. And so it brings turmoil and confusion and brings uh, disruption in the family. I don't feel honored. I don't feel appreciated. All I am to my husband is a dishwasher, washing clothes and making the clo folding the clothes, making the bed, cleaning the house. That's all I am to him. All I am to her is making the check and making sure I got food on the table. And what happens is we show a lack of appreciation that it brings down, brings down the love or the affection towards one another. And what do we do with God? You want to build up the affection with God? You want to build up your intimacy with God? Hear me, folks. Please hear me, church. Hear me. You want to build up your intimacy with God? You have to start praising him. You have to start thanking him for what he's doing in your life. Show him that you have an attitude of gratitude and not just thanking him when it feels good. You see, that's what we're prone to do. When it feels good, I'm going to thank you. You see, when we're happy, we sing a happy tune. But when we're sad, we sing the blues. But God wants us to praise him in good things and the bad things. He says, listen, we take so much for granted what, what, what God has done in our life. Now, if you have a piece of paper, I left this out in purpose. In Luke chapter 17, verses 19 through 20, where it says there, write this down. I, I put this because when you keep people engaged, they're going to write it down. This is point number one. Thank him in your blessings. Thank him in your blessings. So you're going to write that down. It's not on the screen, but where it says Luke 9, 17, 
But right there, thank him in your blessings. Here it was in Luke 17. I love this story. It was a story about the ten lepers. And if you know anything about lepers, they had to walk on the other side of the street. They couldn't walk with the clean. They would always have to walk with a veil over their face, and they would always have to identify themselves and yell out, unclean, unclean. In other words, that way that people, the righteous or the clean, wouldn't get infected with the unclean. So here was Jesus. Jesus stood away from the distance, but yet he was amongst the the unclean. Because Jesus showed us one thing, that he loves the unclean as much as he loves the clean. And watch this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the borders between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten, ten. Now, everybody, if you ever understand that, ten. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. You see the distinction? There was a separation between the clean and the unclean, but Jesus goes amongst the clean and the unclean. Aren't you glad that he saw you in your stupor? Aren't you glad that he saw you in your state of uncleanness, and yet he didn't reject you, but he came to you, and he loved you and accepted you just as you are? Aren't you glad of that? That he didn't say, man, he's a leper. I can't associate with him or her. They're so full of leprosy. They're so full of mess in their life. I don't want to accept him, but Jesus accepts you just as you are. That is so cool to me. Then he goes on to say, when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. You notice what they did? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, all he did, now I want you to get this, all Jesus has to do, Quinn, is speak it. Now get this now, Woody. Didn't Jesus speak and the heavens and the earth were created? Didn't he speak man into existence? Didn't he speak the water boundaries and all the things into existence? Didn't he speak when he called forth Lazarus? Right? What does the Bible say? That the tongue has the power of life and death and you will eat the fruit thereof? You know what happens? I want you to get this. You got to get this. You got to get this. A lot of times people, instead of thanking God in advance and believing God in advance, we're killing our miracle before it happens because of our words. And words have power and life and death, and you will eat the fruit thereof. And you wonder why maybe sometimes you don't have anything to be thankful for? Tom, maybe it's because we're killing it with our words. And all Jesus did was speak it. Say the word. And he spoke. And they went to the priest and told us, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. But look at what Jesus said. And he said to the Samaritan, Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? We're not, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except the foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. You see what that is? How many of you know the Bible says in Philippians 2, verse 7, that Jesus came into this world and humbled himself as a man? You see why? He became a man so he can understand you. That's why he says in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, he became a man so he can understand you right where you're at. So I hear people always say to me, well, pastor, no one understands me. Yes, he does. Jesus became a man so he can understand you. 
but he was divine so he can help you. Do you get that? He was a man so he can understand you where you're at right now. But he was divine so he can help you. And God wants to help you. And he says, look it, that's what it's all about. So why can't you come and give me praise? That's where sometimes we take for granted those things that God has done in our lives. Sometimes, listen, sometimes we blow past the wins or the victories or the miracles in our lives because we're always seeking for the next victory or miracle. Now watch this. Have you ever seen the frog jump from lily pad to lily pad? Right? And what that does, it brings them from one place, point A to point B, right? You know what victories are? Miracles are? Miracles and victories are time to praise and celebrate. So many times we are not celebrating our wins to be thankful for them because we're looking for the next one. When God does something big in your life, it's time to take a praise break. God, I thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. You see, if you can't thank him for the little things or even things that are going on in your life, don't expect bigger things to happen in your life. Celebrate your wins, and then when you do that and you get accustomed to that, guess what? It'll become a habit, and it becomes a habit after you do it nine, they say it seven to ten times, it forms a habit. After you begin to do that, man, miracles will start being on the screen. Because you know what? Now you're going to be able to identify the victories. But if you're not taking time to celebrate your victory, you're never going to know when it happens. See what I'm talking about? So we got to celebrate. Look at in a First Thessalonians, I got to move quickly. First Thessalonians five through sixteen through twenty, uh, twenty-two. I, I love these verses of scripture, and I said this in the first service. Uh, Pastor Carolyn spoke this the other day, which I didn't know she was doing it, but I told her I had it first. Amen. And so, uh, Pastor Carolyn uh, spoke this, and by the way, she did a great job. Good job, Pastor Carolyn. Uh, we were in New Mexico doing a conference out there, and it was fun. Uh, but anyways, rejoice. Always pray continuously, give thanks, give thanks in some circumstances, in the good circumstances, in all circumstances, for this is God's will. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecy with content, but test them in all, all. Hold on to what is good. Reject what kind, uh, reject every kind of evil. Ever notice something? When is the teacher, when is the teacher the quietest? During the test, right? Man, my son is getting ready to graduate from chiropractic school. I'm so proud of him. He just signed his contract with his chiropractor agent and his doctors. And I'm so proud of him. But he graduates uh, November 15th. And uh, you know what's so cool? He, now he's going to start making money, and Dad's going to start getting some, you know, withdrawals. Amen. <laughs> I put a lot of deposits in you, kid. You, hey, remember your dad. Amen. But you know what? What, is, what happens with the teacher? They teach you through a month's period of time, basically. And then at the end of the month, what do they do? They give you a test. And when is the teacher the quietest? He's the quietest when you're taking the test. And what is he doing? He's sitting at his desk watching you, seeing if you're cheating, but he's also sitting at his desk bored silly. And why? Because he's seeing if you have the knowledge of what you just learned. In tests sometimes, what they do is they test you to see if you're going to put into practice those things what you have learned. 
And that's why Philippians 4, verse 9 says, Carl says, put into practice those things in which you have learned. Put it into practice. Walk it out by faith and put into practice those things you have learned. What do we have just learned? To reject every kind of evil and be thankful in all circumstances. i got to keep moving on. But write this down. On the back of the page, John 6, verses 1 through 14. Write this down. Thank him in your little things. Thank him for the little things. Amen. Thank him for the little things. In John chapter 6, we don't have to go there for the sake of time, but in this story, it's Jesus feeding the multitude. It's Jesus feeding the multitude. And what Jesus did, he leaves us an example. How many know that the best example is one that goes before you and does it? Amen. That he does it before you. I, I don't know about you, but I learned how to shave. You heard me say that from a friend of mine, Gary Slavore, which I didn't know how to shave, but I watched him one day doing it, and I went home and did the same thing. I nicked up my little one hair that I had going right here. I looked like a billy goat. And, man, when I cut myself, I, yeah, I got it. Amen. But I, I didn't know how to shave. But it, he was the example that showed me how to shave, right? Jesus shows us an example. What the example is that Jesus showed us in these passages of Scripture, that he took the little and he made it much. You see, listen, don't expect, you got to hear this, don't expect God to do big things in your life if you can't be thankful for the little things in your life right now. You have to celebrate your wins and bloom where you're planted. I've always found this, that where God, man, he blesses me when, man, I'm thankful for God for the little things. I am a proud example. I moved from the ghetto or from the outhouse to the penthouse. I grew up in the ghetto where, man, where the rats were so big they were carrying machine guns, man. I mean, that's how big it was. I mean, I had to ask my mom for a glass of water. She said, son, you got to wait for the tide to come in. That's how bad it was where I lived. And you know what? God took and he blessed. Because I learned as a kid, man, even before I was a believer, that God, I'm going to be thankful for what I have. I remember, man, when I went to welfare. We were on welfare. And, man, they took us to J.C. Penney's. I'll never forget this. They took me and my six sisters and my brother. We went to J.C. Penney's, and I got to pick up my first shirt and my first pair of jeans. Man, brand spanking new. It wasn't from uh, the garage sale or Goodwill or Purple Heart and all these other places we used to go and buy our clothes. Man. And it was brand new. Check it. Man, I was strut. Man, I was strutting. I felt like Shaft. You don't know that either. But uh, you know what? Here's the cool thing. I remember when I got those, Jerry. I'm not kidding you. You know, I never took them off. I wore those things, man. I took them off. When I took them off to go to bed, they stood up in the corner. They were still standing up. And when I walked, they cracked. <laughs> because, I, I, man, I, I, I was so proud. And I was so grateful. Man, when my wife, when I met my wife, I kid you not, this is a true story. If she was here, she'll tell you. When I, when I met my wife at North Central, here she is in the prime of her life, North Central, 20 years old. You know what she had? She had at North Central, going to college, kid you not, Lisa, this is a true story. She had one pair of jeans, passed her one pair of jeans while going to college at North Central. And every time I see my wife, I look at those jeans, I say, man, that's the same. But she put on different stuff, make a different shirt, make it look good and all that kind of stuff. Eventually, I realized she not only had only one pair of jeans, but she only had no coat. She had a windbreaker. And so, you know, I was collecting unemployment from my job, and so I took her out and bought her some jeans. Now, that one pair of jeans now went to probably 30 pairs of jeans. But the point is, listen, if you can't be thankful for the little, don't expect God to do more. 
And stop looking at what you don't have and look at what you do have. And when you look at what you do have, God will say, man, they have an attitude of gratitude. They are thankful for the little. Now I'm going to give them much. What happened when Elijah came to the woman and said, hey, I want you to make me a cake. And the woman said, listen, I only have a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. But here's what she said. Because you said so. Because you said so. She made the cake, and she never went without a meal. When the fishermen went out fishing all day long and caught nothing, and Jesus said, go back out into the boat and throw your nets on the other side. But Jesus, we just did that. We came up empty-handed. We have nothing. We're embarrassed. We're fishermen by trade. What are you asking us to do? Jesus said, do it. They said, because you said so. What did they do? They had to call in the other boats. That boats began to sink because there was so much fish. Listen, stop comparing yourself with the Joneses because when you finally catch up to the Jones that lives next door to you, there's going to be another Jones right next door. And you're always going to be in that rat race with the Joneses. Be who you are and have an attitude of gratitude and be thankful that, God, you have blessed this house because, Lord, you are are faithful to me. Write this down. Acts 16, verse 22. I'm, I'm jumping really quick. Acts 16, where it says that. Write this down. Thank him in your suffering. Thank him in your suffering. Oh, God, if you listen to the story, you can read it. Paul and Silas were stripped and beaten and flogged. And at midnight, when it says right there, at midnight, you know what? They didn't turn into a pumpkin like in Cinderella. You know what they did at midnight instead of turning into a pumpkin? They turned into praisers. They turned into praisers. I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the lamb for sinners slain. Watch this. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood is washing over me. You see what they did? They reversed the curse. Get this, people. They reversed, Quinn, the curse. Instead of complaining, instead of saying, why am I in this predicament? Why is this my lot in life? Why am I suffering? Why am I in pain? Why am I this? Why am I that? They chose to reverse the curse. I will praise you. I will praise you. And when they did, God came to their house, and he set them free. Let me tell you something. Listen, that's why James says in James 1, 3, he says, listen, you, Tom, praise him. Praise him. Listen, I count it all joy when you go through struggles and trials and things of many kind. Joy when I'm suffering? God, you must have had bad pizza last night. You're not thinking right. How can I praise you when I'm suffering? Because you know what? Thankfulness is like ointment to your soul. Thankfulness is like healing balm to your spirit. That God, in the midst of my storm, my eyes will be fixed on you, the author and the perfecter of my faith. And God, no matter what comes my way, I'm not going to turn to the right or to the left. I'm going to keep looking up so I can go up. I'm not going to look down and start to frown. But God, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And Lord, as I do, you're going to pull me through. Isn't that awesome? Sir, isn't that? Isn't that awesome? That's what he'll do for you. I don't like my life. 
When I was going through my back surgery, I didn't like that lot in life. Man, I was walking with a cane, strung over like that. But now I'm straight up because God healed me. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to do some homework. You can look at the results of Thanksgiving on your own. Think about those things for the results of Thanksgiving. When you start to do that, it'll start focusing you back on God. I always say that broken focus leads to disaster. Broken focus, but when you're focused, it leads to hope. It leads to new beginnings. It leads to life. And you know what God wants to do this holiday season? He wants to bring life to you. I close. This, this year, I'm just going to tell you in advance, we have the greatest lineup that you guys, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, for coming up for Thanksgiving, wait till you see what we do Thanksgiving, but in December, I assure you, we have the greatest lineup of things that we're going to do at this church. You're going to be getting a card in the next couple of weeks. It'll show you the lineup of what we got going on. One of the things that I'm so excited about, we are doing Christmas Eve service at the school this year. And we're calling it our community outreach, our community Christmas Eve service. And then you'll find out what else is happening. But I'll just say this. He's back. You can figure that out yourself. And we're going to have a great time. Will you stand with me today? I want to say thank you to all that came out for the baby dedications. Nathan and Taylor, God bless you and your little miracle. Josh and Abby, God bless you and all the family members that are here today. Thank you for coming out. But I just want to encourage you today. Make it a choice. Make it a choice. Listen, have an attitude of gratitude. There may be 99 things wrong, but Jesus went for the one and left the 99. The whole purpose of that is forget about the bad 99 things and focus on the one. What you feed is going to grow. What you starve is going to die. And so I want to encourage you, if you have a flicker of hope, start focusing on that. Start thanking God. Let it grow in you. Get your eyes off the negatives. Get away from that stinking thinking. Focus on what God has for you. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? I'm not going to have you come forward, but I want to pray with you. You may say, Pastor, I have I, I need prayer in my life today. And I, I, I just need prayer. I'm going through some situations, and I just need God to intervene for me today. And I just need some new hope in my life, and there's just some struggles. That you just lift your hands. Just lift your hands going up. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. All through this place. Wow. Look at that. Wow. Unbelievable. It's still going up. Oh, I can't even count them all. Way in the back. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, still going up. Thank you. Amen. You may put them down. Father, you've seen the many, many hands that were raised here just now. Father, whatever situation, circumstance, predicament that they're in, I pray that, God, you will show yourself faithful to these individuals. Thank you, Father, that you are a God that never leaves us nor forsakes us, never gives up on us or discards us, but you're always there for us. And I thank you that, God, this morning you are touching and you are meeting the needs of those that were honest and raised their hand before you and said, God, I need you. 
come into their boat, come into their circumstance and bring peace to their storm today. I thank you that you are a faithful God. I thank you that your word is always true, yes and amen. So, Father, I give you praise. Bless and touch these people, every one of them. And, Lord God, I thank you for what you're doing. As we go into these greatest times, have your way in our hearts. Now go with us, I pray. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. God bless you. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. We are heading into the busy holiday season, and we have a ton of things planned for you. If you don't want to miss out, make sure you follow us on Facebook, download our app, or visit our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.